Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley, and this is the Buffy podcast by a Scooby, and someone who probably looks a lot like P-Wood, for all you know. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. Hell <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Which one of us? Oh, I guess it's you. Yeah, it's me. Oh. Yeah, definitely. I mean, don't give away any of our secrets here, Michaela, but I probably definitely look a lot like P. Wood. <laughs> yeah, no no secrets. I mean, haven't I already given away that you don't by what? laughing about it? I don't know, maybe not. This is Season 7, Episode 17, Mommy Troubles. <laughs> original air date. It's <laughs> not called that. Spiritual successor to the first episode. <laughs> First season episode, Bug Trubs. Mom yeah. Trubs. Mom Trubs. <laughs> this is actually lies my parents told me original air date, March 25th, 2003. People got Trubs with their moms. Oh, uh, we almost hit the confluence of recording date and episode airing We're date. so close. Yeah. yeah. Mm, Goddamn. Spook em ups. Spook em ups, indeed. Mom Trubs abound <laughs> in this episode. Oh, they abound. <laughs> I mean, we open on some mom trubs, you some might say. very bad mom trubs, I would say. Yeah. 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 Uh, P-Wood's mom is fighting. 1977. Who's she fighting, you ask? Why, it's Spike, the lovable scamp. Oh, he's, man, you know, he's here, he's evil. It's brief, but you're just like, boy, do I miss this guy. <laughs> miss him so much. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's, he's so, much so more punk, fun. too. Shit. Yeah. God, I wanted to get a good picture of this coat he's he's wearing, but it was hard because it was raining and it was night and it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. It's a very good coat. Best. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they're fighting. He basically has been looking for her because he's all obsessed with killing slayers. Mm-hmm. That's his whole jam. And she has inexplicably brought her four-year-old son on patrol with her. Hell yeah, he's done exactly what what he should, which is stay down and oops, he knocked over a garbage can, but that's fine. It's all fine, right? I think, wasn't it intentional? Oh, maybe. Because like Spike was about to bite her. <laughs> now, And then Michaela. the garbage can sound distracted him. <laughs> Buffy should know some things. She should have been able to put some things together about P-Wood and maybe who his mom was, if it sure. was a recent Slayer, uh, whatever. P-Wood... Sure, this fight that he witnessed is not literally the one where his mom dies, but it's within a week of his mom dying? Right, because, like, how long is Spike going to drag this out? And, sure, P-Wood didn't initially see Spike in vamp face and just thought he was, like, some jerk. But, man, a bleached blonde British dude has really got to stick with you, right? If you're looking He's for the vampire who four. killed your mom. He's four. Four years That's true. old. That's very true. Children yeah. have terrible memories. I remember several things from before the age of 20. I remember almost nothing. <laughs> so I really feel for P-Wood. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they fight. He gets away and he's like, see you later, alligator. <laughs> and she says, in a while, crocodile. <laughs> yeah. And she makes some comment about how she wants to leave teeny tiny p wood like with the watcher and he's like i want to stay with you and you're just like you don't listen to him he's a child what's he doing here <laughs> yeah Ugh. he does not know what's going on hashtag mothering in the modern day p wood joins spike and buffy in some light slayage and i've come off a bit callous as i say that p wood is still not over the whole spike thing apparently <laughs> 
I guess at that point you didn't know that that's what this entire episode was going to be about. <laughs> yeah, summary of the episode. <laughs> yep, that's it. Nutshell. No, it's more general head. mom pro- mom trubs than that. There's more than just him. Yeah, yeah, no. Spike has mom trubs too, yeah. and Buffy has dad trubs. So I guess it's more of like parental troubles episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Buffy, this episode. Oh boy, <laughs> what a character oh she is, right? Yep, she's quite the character. What a sympathetic character she is. One (laughs) that I'm really rooting for, understanding it all. Yeah, we empathize with Buffy constantly. Oh, it's hard not to. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, Okay, so back at school, things are indeed back to normal after last episode when they closed the seal and thus put a cap on all this wacky apocalypse shit that was happening. Yeah, things are just like 100% fine. So fine. 100%. Totally fine. As as we open, I guess after the credits, uh, I have the first in my collage that I've called Ominous. Oh. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, this is what... Right. There's the secret ninth picture. Oh, good God. (laughs) Okay. You have made a delightful collage. It's just a bunch of pictures of P-Wood ominously staring... (laughs) Mostly at Spike, but at various things. So the first one is uh, right from the beginning of this episode when he's staring at the students, watching them, you know. I love it. Watching them through the wide open blinds in his office. They can can see him watching. He doesn't even need to move these blinds around. He can just look through them. But that would have looked more dumb, maybe? I don't don't know. know. I don't know. That's an ominous montage you have there. a montage? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Something there. Something there. Buffy's also looking so extra blonde. She, like, I, I was saying a couple episodes ago that I thought she looked more blonde than normal, mm-hmm. but she's, like, super blonde now. These yeah. highlights are so light. They are super high. That's true. She's coming to talk to him about how normal everything is, and, like, is he still sort of hitting on her? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, For in, like, sure. the worst way possible, right? Yeah. By comparing her to his mom. <laughs> wait, that's not. Wait, is that not is that not a good line to use? I mean, you're married, so you'd know better than me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess I didn't really compare my wife to my mother a lot, ever, <laughs> and maybe that's worked out for me. Right. So what you're saying is this is a bad move for Pete Wood. I'm saying it's mm. untested territory. Could go well. Okay. Could go poorly. We'll see, you know? We'll see. Giles busts in. We're like, hey, G-Man, you're back. Woo! Woo! And they don't actually have a system, but at least there is a handshake here. You know what? God damn (laughs) it. You You know, this is as close as we're ever going to get. So, hey, Giles, not the first. (laughs) No, I know. I know Giles is not the first. But he could have been between when they thought he was and now. Because he's been true. gone for a while. That That is true. Like, they should just yeah. high-five each other. We've been over yeah. it. It's fine. Respect the system is all I'm saying. And P-Wood and Giles have physical contact here. And I'm like, cool. Neither of them are the first right now. Giles is still with this coat. Oh, the two Ugh. coats he has. Because he, he swaps it with yeah. his corduroy. This is the he sheepskin. Does. But sometimes he's just got the corduroy on. And I swear, they just pick it random and shove him in one to throw him on set. They're bad coats, man. He can do better. There is a ton of talk about triggers, chips, and souls. <laughs> that is very Poor fun. he would. Oh, man. 
because the military gave him a soul. <laughs> and they're they're just so annoyed that he's not following. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's very fun. It's funny. It does really highlight how silly the whole thing is, though. It, it, yeah. And you're like, are they having a laugh at themselves? Like, is this self-aware? It's all the sudden introspection from last episode, but piled on. Like, now, yeah. they're really claiming that, yeah, all the chip shit, the soul nonsense, all of that's been this running joke the entire time. Haha, <laughs> get it? And uh... Buffy's speeches... Those are still definitely an intentional running joke. Like, they're funny now, and I like that, but they weren't a joke before. They were just overdone. I swear, like, one of the writers woke up one night in a cold sweat (laughs) and was like, oh my god. Right? What have we done? That's the only thing that it can be. Yeah. So, you know, Spike has this trigger, but it's not active. And you're like, (laughs) fuck you, Buffy. You have no idea whether or not it's active. You don't know anything about it. What kind of claim is that to make? I love it because it's completely false. The episode shows it to be false. (laughs) And Buffy just skates by everything here. Like, constantly she's wrong this episode. And never even coming close to realizing it. At the end, I was like, wow, that was some harsh shit and a, a rough way for Buffy to learn a lesson. And then in the last, like, 30 seconds, she's like, fuck you. I haven't learned any lessons at all. I'm unteachable. Yeah. Like, the only reason any of this happened is because Giles went on his own to get something to try to fix this. And Buffy seems just, like, completely unaware of any of that. Oh, man. And, like, you're thinking Spike could have killed you all at any time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And he's still very (sighs) dangerous. So, Giles went to get something. It's very important. He has come back with it. It is a weird stone. They're going to shove it into Spike's eyeball and it's going to deactivate the trigger or, like, help him work through it, probably. And, like, P. Wood's here. You're thinking, why? Spike (laughs) asks why. No one's sure. P. Wood just wants to stare ominously. It's fine. Dawn is here. And you're like, why? And they're like, well, we didn't know what else to do with her. So making her get injured in a contrived way seemed like a good plan. And, I mean, the other main cast members of this show get one line each, I think, in yes. this episode. Maybe Willow oh, gets yeah. two. Yeah. It's, Brief. um, yeah. They're, they're like, we don't have time for these people. Jeez. They really don't, though. No, they really don't. So yeah. terrible effect for this stone coming alive, squirming its way up Spike's face and going into his brain. He starts remembering Cecily days, and we go into our first segment. Woo! Radio WTTH Corporate Success Initiative. Remember always you are the exterminator. Say it. I am the exterminator. Say it like you mean it. I am the exterminator. Louder. I am the exterminator. You're not that loud. People are trying to work around here. (laughs) Oh, good. Michaela, we want everyone to be successful in the complex world of business. So here are our top tips for interviewing and succeeding at a job. Oh, that's nice. We have jobs. We must we know have jobs. what we're talking about. And arguably, we've both been to a lot of interviews. I conducted an interview today. Oh, that's a delight. Isn't oh, so you're the... like a super pro then. Right. So I'll get the first tip in here. This is this is serious and also jokey, but it's also, I realize, coming from a place of privilege. It <laughs> goes like this. Are you going <laughs> oh, no. to an interview? Don't dress to impress. Show up in whatever the fuck you're going to wear actually on the job. Maybe that is dressing to impress, 
maybe it's just like a t-shirt and some jeans. Because if they don't like you showing up to that in the interview, they probably won't like you showing up to it at the job. Oh no. Oh, I see. So, is this a, did this happen today? No, I, I have actually done it. I do it a lot. Oh, Like, I don't care what people show up to at the interview, similar to how I don't care what they show up wearing in the job. Sure, and like... To a point, I guess. To a point. Yeah, and like, that's definitely a function of the industry you work in. Computer men! Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Because... I just wouldn't, I would be too afraid to show up wearing whatever. And I mean, my job is business casual, so I'm going to at least show up business casual for that interview. And so what I'm saying is generally dress not above where you're going to dress going in because that sets an unrealistic expectation. Dress like what you actually think, although it's hard to know. So maybe you dress up. I think you always dress up. You always, because... Like, it, the opposite is much worse, right? Like, if someone <laughs> yeah. shows up and they're dressed nicer than they're going to dress every day, you're not like, oh, this guy, fuck him. Like, he's not going to not get the interview because, or not get the job because of that, probably. Mm-hmm. But if somebody shows up much schlubbier than you expect, that's a terrible first impression. <laughs> this is actually interesting, and I'm interested to see how the general working industry shifts in the yeah. future. Because I feel like we're just getting more and more casual. And, like, banking, you're going to show up in a suit, like, every day, as far as I can tell, unless you're in some specialized cases. Yeah. But I suspect a lot more places are going to get a lot more casual through the next couple decades. And I would say that places are generally pretty casual. Like, ah, this is the trouble, though. We know so many tech people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough for me, too, because, like, I like wearing fancy clothes. Mm. (laughs) So I'm, like, all for it, right? (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, like, we have, potentially, we have clients coming in. So then that's sort of the idea of why do we want to look nice is because we're trying to present something to them, right? I also don't have a lot of middle ground, so I'm not saying, like, I couldn't do it, but mostly my clothing is either, like, what I wear every day, t-shirt and jeans, or the suit that I got married in. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a lot of in-between in my wardrobe. Okay, moving on. Success in the job. Michaela, I'm going to tell you something that my real-life product manager told to me, I think, last week. It's one oh of my boy. favorite quotes ever. It is, have you considered lowering your expectations? (laughs) Now, this is the most versatile and useful piece of business advice I think I've ever heard. I'm not sure I've encountered a situation yet in which it does not apply. (laughs) It's like, hey, Dave, this thing doesn't work as expected. And I'm like, "Mm, have you considered lowering your expectations? Right. I mean, I can see how it would apply to basically any situation where someone is unsatisfied with something. Exactly. (laughs) You've been uh, showing up late. Mm. Have you considered lowering your expectations? Man, this seems like the kind of advice that would get someone fired eventually. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. oh boy that's a that's a delight honestly i was so happy to hear it god uh it has had staying power so far yeah no it's as it should yeah wow Uh, any hot tips from you i don't know man people always seem to be very surprised or like yeah maybe surprised when i do tasks quickly that i know are important like Uh 
like good surprised. Yeah. They're they're just they're like, oh, I need this thing, and I'm like, oh, okay, here it is, and they're like, already, which <laughs> I think is good. <laughs> yeah. And so my advice is, if you do things like that, then when you tell everyone that you're going on vacation, you get multiple independent emails. That just say, no, (laughs) with like 16 O's within three minutes of each other. (laughs) Let me tell you, the corporate world is a shit show sometimes. (laughs) It's frankly astonishing that anything gets done. Yeah. And here I am just like, I don't know that I'm even working like harder than I, like, I I think I could be working harder. I'm just working like the normal amount that I think is reasonable. And everyone's like, oh my God. You're doing things. Here's my actual advice for in a job. Not this lowering your expectations crap. Yeah. (laughs) It's that most jobs are not worth getting stressed out over. And you can't 100% control what you get stressed out over. But like introspection and reflecting on is this like, what am I stressed about? Oh, it's a job thing. That means I can let it go. I find tends to just de-stress me quite a bit. Yeah. I don't because I'm an anxious person Mm -hmm. and the anxiety is not that easy to beat. Mm. I find that the only way that really works for me is is by having experiences where I am worried and then having an outcome that is so much better than my expectations. Like, oh, Lord, so much better. That uh-huh. then in the future, when I worry again, I can say, okay, we'll think about last time and how things turned out so wildly differently than you thought they would. So if they turn out not so great, then it just compounds the anxiety? Sure, yeah. So it's not a good system. Right. But it is the system that's currently working for me. So. <laughs> All right. I think we'll leave it there. Fantastic <laughs> advice for both of us, no doubt. Oh, you know it. <laughs> All right, back in Cecily times, we see William the Bloody Boring, (laughs) as I have called him, Ponce. And I've just called it poetry, and I've got his hand in there too. This poetry is uniquely bad. (laughs) It is so bad. Like, I'm not a person that's really into poetry, but this is some bad poetry, man. There's something about the short rhymes scheme (laughs) yeah because at one point he says hark a lark i (laughs) fucking hate that rhyming so fucking much oh there's like an entire song in rent that i have always detested oh i think it's i think it's the one that roger's writing for mimi and it's just like your eyes as we said uh goodbyes and i'm like fuck that's not a good place for a rhyme you didn't wait long enough you for didn't the rhyme. do it yeah yeah like this he's so punchable this like oh, character man. of william and like everything about his physicality is just so like foppish and I love it. I love this guy because I hate him so much. Oh, the mixed metaphors in his fucking poetry because he's got the lark <laughs> with its small beak, but also like Cupid's arrows are mixed right in here. There, just everything. But you know the writers were just like having the time of oh, their yeah. lives oh, with this, this poetry. This was a very good time on everyone's behalf. And Man. his mom loves it. And you're like, oh, that's so sweet and wrong, but sweet. <laughs> She's supportive, which is nice, but, like, in a way that you're sort of thinking, okay, how old is this guy? And he's still just, like, hanging out here. Maybe you should have just given him a little push at some point, huh? Shove him out of the nest. But Michaela, 
She coughs, and as we all Uh-oh. know, a person coughing in ye oldie times absolutely 100% means TB, and it is. Yeah, she does got that consumption. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, boy. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just coughing up blood. It's, <laughs> it's nothing, dearest William. Oh, yeah. How often TB gets used as just like an, a tragic illness in ye oldie times. It comes up <laughs> so much more frequently in fiction than I would have thought. It's just so easy to show it and not tell it, right? Exactly, yeah. Because you just cough some blood into a handkerchief and everyone's like, oh, you're fucking dying. Right. Yeah, and everyone's just... Well, they don't really know how to fix it, so they're all acting like it's sort of normal. <laughs> yeah. As far as I can tell, about one in three people had tuberculosis. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Oh. Man. And, like, just, like, I really was feeling James Marsters in this episode. Because, like, we go from punk Spike to normal Spike who has to be afraid of a rock. And he does mm-hmm. a great job of it, honestly. Yep. It was very convincing. Then we go to this fuck, who's just this, like, namby-pamby, yeah. Oh, man. And uh, I'm, I'm just, like, buying all of it so hard, you know? He does a great job with what he's given, yeah. So I have a picture that I've called Hundo P. Normal. <laughs> yes. Man, when his mom's like, sit with me, William, and he sits down at her feet and just on like floor. arm on her knees. Well, she does some cross stitching embroidery, I guess. Hundo P normal, man. So normal. And she's singing her little song. Oh, you know, it's, such it's a nice so song. Cool. Oh, little ditty. Yeah. It is the song. It's the song that, you know, triggers Spike. And he does get, indeed, triggered in the modern day. Yeah, (laughs) he sure does. And, like, sure, they chained him up. Did they leave a throwable bed near him? You know they did. (laughs) Fuckers. I mean, absolutely. What else is he going to throw? Did they have a lot of fucking spectators? Oh, hell yeah, they did. Honestly, it would have been a lot funnier if you like threw Buffy into Dawn because she's also right there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, Dawn gets hit with this bed, whatever. Um, and Spike's body rejects the Soul Stone or whatever it is. Yeah, the process has started, I guess. Sure. Yeah, he's having his flashbacks. He's like, I don't know what this song's about. And you're like, you just you just had a flashback about your mom. Like, you know what you did to her, right? You don't need to take the episode discovering it, do you? Just tell them. He doesn't do that. He does not. A bunch of our lesser used characters <laughs> get their one line this episode. You got your Rona. She's coming back in her stupid overalls. I was super shocked that she was even here. Yeah. And then Kennedy's there too. Kennedy's Blah. there too. Whatever. The main point of this is oh that boy. Anya's here. Oh and boy. Her appearance is what I've called brief but ridiculous. I've called it Hatgate. <laughs> this fucking hat. Wow. It, I just. Okay. I so don't pink know. Really thin. Yep. Really thin pink toque. It's a fashion toque for sure. Like, it's not for warmth. Is that a, a stylized pink peacock on it? I think it's a flower. A flower would also work. What yeah, the but, fuck? But stylized in the sense that, like, the ends of the petals are not sewn down. <laughs> They're curling up. Ah! Oh, boy. And then this fucking polka dot shirt is not helping yeah. things. Sleeveless white, or sorry, black on white polka dots the fuck they just are so jarring against the hat the hat's jarring against everything it's a ridiculous hat it's it's so it is the most mm, is it the most ridiculous hat we've ever seen i think it might be i think it might be because like a bucket hat is at least a person might wear that you know (laughs) who would wear this i don't know oh 
Goodness. Oh, boy. So everyone's talking about how Spike is running roughshod. They don't really love this idea, especially because it turns out he can still be triggered, as we just saw, which is bad. Which we had no reason to believe wasn't true. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. There's no reason to think that he was cured. <sighs> no. Because the, the first left him alone for a little bit. What? Not active. That's what Buffy said. It's insane. It's, it's insane. totally insane. Then the episode leaves it just long enough for it not to be a Gilligan cut between these assholes being like, hey, Spike's still really dangerous, to Buffy being like, Spike's probably not dangerous anymore. Yeah, I'm just gonna unchain him. Unchain him! Why not? He seems totally fine. A Giles, I'm mad at you for saying I shouldn't unchain him now, and that's a reasonable thing to be mad about. What? What? I don't know what Buffy could possibly be thinking. And Spike, who is normally pretty level-headed about this stuff, is like, take these stupid chains off. The stupid rock isn't in my head anymore. And you're just like, that's not what did it, man. What? Oh, boy. Okay, just quickly, we mm-hmm. brief- we did skip over Andrew gets a phone call. Yeah, it's for Willow. He makes it. He makes a joke you don't understand. No. <laughs> yeah. You'll understand it when we do our Welcome to L Angel seasons one to four recap. Right. So we'll get back to it then. <laughs> so, yeah, I heard that it was some guy named Fred and Willow needed yeah. to go to LA. And I was like, yep, obviously, we're it's something Angel related. Yeah. And I'm sure she's there in season four at some point. Yeah. The joke The joke is that he says Fred sounds pretty effeminate. And that's because oh, Fred is a girl. Yeah. Fred's, um, what's her name? Amy. Amy Acker. Yeah, yeah Acker. I was going <laughs> to yeah, say Adams, yeah. but I knew that was wrong. That was very wrong. Yeah. 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 Whiskey. That's so, her. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that is who it is. So, yeah. I I mean, we don't have to go over why uh, Willow is going to be on Angel. Nope. Some nonsense that we'll find out about at a later time. Season four nonsense, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. oh, boy. <laughs> the, the most nonsensical of nonsense. Right. So, P. Wood and Giles have a little powwow in the basement. Mm-hmm. Where P. Wood's like, hey, this Giles fellow seems like he actually has reasonable ideas about Spike's level of danger. Mm. I think I can trust him with my greatest secret. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Probably. I mean, yeah, Yeah. actually he can. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole backstory comes out. Giles is like, cool. They make a pact to kill Spike. And you're like, yep, probably a good idea. And at one point, (laughs) so I think P. Wood was making a speech he said something, paused. Stu was like, the greater good. And oh! then he literally said the greater good. For the greater good, Giles. Oh like, my god. Right after. It was so perfect. That phrase has been ruined for me. <laughs> yeah. I can no longer, no longer hear it with the no. of hot fuzz. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. It's great though. Oh, yeah. It's so good. When he says the greater good, fuck. Okay. You're just like, ah. <laughs> Drew oh, and boy. Spike in Willie's house. Drew, 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 Drew. So this Excited is our familiar face. Yes, yeah. right. Familiar face. Yeah. Spike is telling Drew about how great everything is going to be now that they're <laughs> vampires. It's going to be just the three of them and they're going <laughs> oh to absolutely God. destroy Europe. And then she's like, the three of us? And he's like, oh yeah, me, you, and mother. And then he just goes like right back into his spiel about yeah. killing everyone. And it's so funny. Oh, it's oh really my good. God. Oh, it's it's really so good. good. You're like, why don't they give James Marsters interesting things to do all the time? Clearly he can handle it. Drew is like not into this idea. <gasps> 
she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) William's mom shows up and William ends up biting her and Freud has just the largest erection. And, like, we're gonna say a lot of those things oh, while yeah. the mom is later. I'd like to point out my picture. Drew always crushing it. Mmm, she is always crushing it. So, she's wearing this, I think it's like a fully white dress and cape, but covered in black lace. Yeah. And while Spike is standing there talking to his mom, she's just, like, rubbing her stomach in the <laughs> background. <laughs> just because. It's phenomenal. Unfortunately, we are pouring one out for Drusilla. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is not surprising. Seven episodes left. Not a lot of time for for Drew. And it's the the same sort of thing where, you know, Warren is around because he's trying to, the first is trying to, you know, mess with Andrew. Mm -hmm. And like, the only reason Drew is going to be around is so that the first can mess with Spike. Mm. And this is very, it's it's odd that these episodes are back to back because it's sort of like, here's, Andrew character development, and then we'll deal with his stuff. Okay, now here's Spike character development and Peewood character development, and we'll deal with all of their, their stuff. Okay, got it all out of the way. Let's go. Yeah. I, yeah. The alternative, though, is like, let's just have this sprinkled through the rest of the season, which yeah. tends to give you episodes like the five in a row that we don't remember, where it's like uh, so a many. bit of this and a bit of that happened. None of it's very satisfying. And I think you're right that it is more satisfying to tell a complete story like this. Mm-hmm. But, like, why not do this with other characters then? Yeah. Right? Like, I, yeah, it's just, I think the thing that bothers me about it is that there was five episodes of nothing. And then, like, these two episodes where so much stuff happens from a character perspective. Yep. Giles takes Buffy out a slaying as a distraction to let P. Wood kill Spike. And when Buffy's like, I don't think it's a good idea that we left Spike at Peewood's house. I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, it's such a good idea. And you're kind of like Buffy. Like, you're really dumb. You She's know? so dumb. Like, oh, Giles is going to take you training right now. That seems weird. And like, I know you haven't noticed how ominously Peewood has been staring at Spike, but I can give you a bunch of screenshots when it happened this episode. You Six know, from like this episode. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Buffy is talking about how she gave an inspirational speech to a telephone repairman, and yeah. like she, lol. Because <laughs> Giles is like, you know, you still need a lot more training. You need to figure out how to do things, make tough decisions. And her examples of being a good leader are all of the times that she gave inspirational speeches. And her examples of making tough decisions is how she was shitty to all of her friends and family. Have you seen me with those girls? Me? The way I've treated my, my friends and my family and Andrew? Believe me, I know how to make hard decisions. And I'm like, that? Yeah. Like, that's literally what she says. This is her best defense. I'm like, what? What is this character? She thinks those are examples of being a good general. And, I mean, yeah, we rag on Buffy a lot. And she deserves it (laughs) pretty much all the time. But she's not a leader. Mm. Like, the whole purpose of the Slayer is that she is this lone defender of the hellmouth of evil and like 
She's never had to actually lead anyone before. She just decides what they're going to do and they do it because she's the Slayer, not because they've like chosen her due to her leadership abilities. That's very true. I think it's reasonable that she wouldn't be a good leader. Do I think it's reasonable that she's this confident that she is one? <laughs> right. Maybe also yes, actually. Oh. Because everyone has always just done what she said. <laughs> like, what dissension has she ever faced? Uh, a lot. What? They have a fight when? at least twice a season as their friend group <laughs> breaks up and then, like, gets back together about how shitty Buffy is to them. And about how shitty everyone else is to her. Right. And then she learns nothing from it. Yeah. So I guess that's really the problem. Yeah. Is that maybe people aren't happy with the way she's doing things, but she doesn't hear it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Seven years in, you'd think, hmm, mm. maybe, maybe she would have learned something by now. But no. So P-Wood has a sweet garage and he's gone <laughs> with sort of a crucifix theme in here, you know? Oh my god. When he's like slowly opening it up and he's like, oh, it's my sanctuary. And you're just like, he's gonna murder you in here. Oh yeah. This is he, This is such like a serial killer thing to do. And like, he is a vampire serial killer, mm -hmm. if we're gonna be honest. Yeah, there's a lot of like pre-Dexter Dexter in this scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got a picture that I called like what you've done with the place because oh, it's just crosses. all of the crosses in the background. And There's Spike so many. just blurrily looking on at all of them. And like, Spike seems weirdly unconcerned by this cross room. Again, they came down in power so much. They had to. It's true. But it's true. season one, literally you could hold off an entire horde of vampires with a single crucifix. Now, right, like Spike, Spike would have died all of them. in this room. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he wouldn't have been able to approach this garage. No, absolutely not. So, that's very true. But at the same time, I just feel like there's a lot going on here that Spike should be very suspicious of. <laughs> yeah, he's usually quite wise. And this... And he's just... Oh, mm. Not doing a great job. Yeah. You've got a picture, which is, why did Spike let him get to this point? Right, because he's standing by his computer. He he's is, yeah. rifling around in this drawer. Uh-huh. He starts to put things on. Well, he takes his shirt off first, you know. <laughs> Gotta show us how ripped he is. Totally normal thing to do, yes. Oh, super normal. He starts putting, like, this arm contraption on, you know. He's got, like, this glove on his other hand. With, that's, like, studded with metal. Right, and Spike just watches him do all of this. Oh, yeah, like, it's the most normal thing in the world. Super casual. It's just, I don't know. I don't, I, yeah. Anyways, he's got his, his iTunes all queued up. He does. Yeah, P-Wood mm. plays the song because he doesn't want to kill Spike. He wants to kill evil Spike. And there's a good way to get that happening. And it's play the yeah. song that Spike mentioned by name earlier in the episode. I mean, he went, he, he torrented that on LimeWire, probably. <laughs> oh, heady days, Michaela. Heady, heady days. days. Let's go into our second segment. <laughs> Just as we hit this climax, this is Fashion Tips. These new uniforms are pretty snappy, eh, First Officer? I suppose, Captain. I'm not as big a fan of velour as you are. Oh, that's fun. We rag on fashion a lot, like Anya, for instance. <laughs> and Giles and his awful coats. <laughs> At least Spike has good coats. Well, coat. <laughs> Do we have... He stole that coat. Do we have any yeah. actual fashion tips? 
I think that my main fashion tip is just to understand how to dress for your own body. Mm. Because everything isn't going to look good on everyone. People, you know, are built differently. And I think anyone can wear things that make them look good. They just have to choose the right things. Yes. Yeah. Now, so, where, do you, where do you go to find this information out? It must be hidden deep in the darkest archives, right? <laughs> I don't think so much anymore. There's so many, like, fashion bloggers, fashion Instagram people. It's just about finding people that have a similar body type to you and seeing what uh, kinds of things look good on them, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm, yeah. Again, I'm not going to be very much help here because, like... <laughs> I wear t-shirt and jeans all the time and there's like, there's the hipster portion of my workplace and then there's the developers and the developers (laughs) like 80% Patagonia and (laughs) just as far as the eye can see. And I go there and I'm like, yep, I've got my Patagonia things on. How about you? And they're like, yep, we also have those things. I will say that if you have a good thrift store near you, that that's very Mm. helpful Mm -hmm. because then you can purchase a larger number of things and try them. Because sometimes you, you know, you try something on a store and it looks good and then you wear it for a while and you're like, ah, I'm not so crazy about this. And, you know, if you paid $7 for it, it's a lot more reasonable to be like, I'm going to donate it back to the thrift store than if you paid like $50 for it, Mm. right? Yeah. Plus, most clothing isn't worth $50. Uh, it's just so much easier for guys to buy clothes than women. It's insane. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, the basically, our, I guess it's not that we have a much more uniform body plan. I think we do, probably. Um, Perhaps. But, like, the clothing just is all fit so that differences, minor differences in body plan at least, don't fuck everything up. We've got pockets on our pants. Ah, our sizes pockets. are standardized and mean something. Right, yeah. That's actually the toughest thing. Like, when something's a small versus a medium, that's maybe going to be the same between two stores. But for pants, you know, what's a 10? What's a 12? It could be very different. So that I have a lot more trouble with. Like, it's gotten to the point where I can look at something on a hanger and pretty reasonably know whether or not it will look good on me from, like, a shirt perspective, Mm -hmm. which is mostly just time. (laughs) And many shirts. <laughs> yeah. I can look yeah. at a thing online and be like, yep, that is my size. Mm, and know that yeah. it will fit me. And it's insanely, insanely convenient. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, online is tough because you never know. Although a lot of the places will let you ship it back for free mm-hmm. because, you know, it's tough to try to guess. Well, for women, I suppose, whether or not it's going to work out once it shows up. Oh, yeah. All right. Back into the action we go. Woo! P-Wood starts hitting Spike and Spike's mom doesn't like Spike anymore. Wow, she's pretty mean, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, is that, you're going to go that strong? Wow, all right. Pretty mean. You know, yeah. Busting out the big words. (laughs) She is, she's so specifically mean. She's mean in a way that like only someone that really knows you can be, you know? She tears him down. Yep. All of the Freudian things come out. All of the fact that his poetry is garbage and he's never even looked at a different woman because, of course, why would he need one when he's got his mom? And you're just like, you know, if it's making you sad, Spike, it's probably because it's all true. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is the interesting thing. Like, after Angel turned into a vampire, he went and killed his whole family, Mm -hmm. right? Spike turns into a vampire and, like, this evil soulless vampire who we're supposed to believe 
has like no capacity for remorse or any sort of human feeling still loves his mother enough to turn her into a vampire. They've waffled on this from episode two, actually, on like how much of you is preserved post-vampirism. Because for Angel, it was basically nothing. For Spike, Mm -hmm. it turns out it was a lot of stuff. For Jesse, it was a little bit. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, Oh, Jesse dropped. Delightful. I was going to bring him up later, so. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. When Spike's forced to kill his mom. I was going to compare it to that time that Xander was forced to kill Jesse. (laughs) That's true, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, spoilers for the end of this. We're about to get to in three minutes. Right. Anyways... Uh, and like they, they definitely have stated before that you retain a lot of pieces of your personality when you become a vampire. And Spike is a lot more like sensitive than human angel ever was. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's interesting anyways. It is. And while Spike is having a fight both with his mom in ye oldie days and with P-Wood in <laughs> modern days, Buffy is having a fight of her very own too, in fact. One with a vampire yes. named Richard who seems very nice. And another with Giles about the sacrifices that she'd be willing to make to save the world. Hint, hint, Buffy. Hint, fucking hint. So earlier I was giggling at the wiki Mm. because through, through this conversation that Buffy's having with Giles, she claims that she is willing to make sacrifices of people right. that like perhaps if glory was here now she would choose differently whereas before her stance was like no dawn we're not we don't trade lives <laughs> yeah. was her stance basically we don't kill dawn so, i'm not gonna let her die and now she's like maybe i'd let i would definitely let her die and so the wiki's comment on this i thought you would enjoy in previous episodes buffy had opposed killing any regular humans with the exception of 10 members of the brotherhood whom she killed <laughs> <laughs> Like, and, that's in brackets. And Five Nights of Byzantium. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Any any and named you... <laughs> character, she's opposed to dying until now. Now she'd kill her own sister. Like, I just don't know how you can say opposed any <laughs> killing of regular humans and then in brackets be like, oh, except for these ten people, but they don't count. Uh, they literally don't count. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, You know, Giles is distracting her. He's stalling her. He's making her not kill this vampire immediately so that they can have this conversation go back and forth. P-Wood has a great thing. He's got a stake that is also a crucifix, which is a super great weapon for a slayer to have. Holy shit. Such a good weapon. Yeah. Yeah, he's monologuing a lot, which like is probably a mistake on his part. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Giles brings up Spike at one point, and Buffy's face is so betrayed. Like, you got me to agree to killing my sister, but then you brought up Spike? And I'm like, yeah. what? What's happening here? It's just like, she keeps calling Spike the strongest warrior they have, <laughs> and she just makes it sound like this war is unwinnable without Spike. You can't hit it! <laughs> you don't- yeah. Today, you weren't even sure that it wasn't over! <laughs> Yeah, like, what's Spike gonna do? (laughs) When she literally (sighs) says the words, Spike is the strongest warrior we have. I'm like, oof, that needed some editing. That is not (laughs) a a phrase that any human would use. No, man, it's just, I don't know. I've got nothing. We, We have nothing. So, right, Spike tells P-Wood about his dear old mom, and... He's shown killing her in the past, much like Xander had to kill Jesse. Yes, you're right. 
Yep, I am right. This is as <laughs> Spike is down on the ground being pummeled. Spike starts getting the better of P-Wood, and he, you know, he's come to this whole realization about his mom. Um, his mom loved him, it was just a demon who was mean to him, and he's his own free man now, which is why he can decide to kill P-Wood, and it's no one's business but his own. <laughs> yeah, good for Spike. Worked through his mom issues, you know? Everything's just a-okay. I have to say, P-Wood did shockingly well against him oh, yeah. before this point. Before the turning point where he, you know, realizes that everything actually was okay with his mom. And you're like, whatever this arm business is, why is P-Wood only bringing it out now? Yeah, right? give a thing to Buffy. It's like, like just metal strapped to his arm, I guess. I don't even I know. I don't know. It seems wildly effective. Super great, yeah. Spike bites P-Wood. Buffy realizes Giles has been stalling her the entire time and runs over to P-Wood's place. And who does she find? Spike! He's fine! Don't worry, Buffy. Yay! Yeah. And it turns out that Spike was just trying to give P-Wood a little spook, you know? Ah, uh, he left him in just critical condition. Spook him up? He's not dead. He's not <laughs> dead. It's true. Yeah. And, you know, Buffy runs into Spike and he's just like, I did what I had to do, and if I see that guy looking at me weird again, all right, Gav, if he gives me the shot eye again, I'll friggin' kill him. <laughs> and Buffy's just like, oh, yo, what? I, I think we're supposed to think that she has that reaction. <laughs> but she but does not. But she's shown, yeah, immediately to not have, that's not at all how she feels. Because she goes and she's like, oh, P. Wood, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, dang, Buffy's learned this lesson. That was super harsh. Goes up to P. Wood. <laughs> And then just like, yeah, Spike's going to kill you if you ever look at him wrong again. So my boyfriend's pretty tough. Okay. Bye. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, like from one perspective, she's like, your vendetta is it more important than this war. And like, in terms of if that were true, like if he were just doing this for a vendetta, then sure. But that's Buffy just being a hypocrite. Yeah, it's massively hypocritical. Yeah. Because she is putting her own feelings before this entire war and was putting everyone in danger when this whole trigger thing was around yeah. because she couldn't make the hard decision that Giles was trying to teach her about today. And clearly, yeah, she learned nothing, which we're about to really drive home in our final scene. Yeah, it's not just regular hypocritical because no. Spike was actually a danger to all of them. It's not just like, yeah. oh, you're pursuing your vendetta uh, and your feelings have blinded you to the reality of the situation while really hers have. It's also yeah. the fact that she's just wrong about the situation and she's putting everyone else's lives in danger. And like, they didn't need to kill Spike. He offered to leave. Yeah. He offered to leave. Like, he could have just been gone and been, you know, in Africa or whatever. <laughs> Classic Africa. Yeah. So yes, our last scene shows yeah. us how little Buffy has learned. She is just <laughs> mad at Giles and P-Wood. And that's how the episode yeah. ends. And I'm like, what the fuck? She basically tells Giles that she has nothing left to learn from him. <laughs> and then closes the door in his face. And you're just that's like, That's grossly but, wrong. But Buffy. <laughs> it's horribly incorrect. Uh, oh, yeah. That's an episode, Michaela. Do you like this episode? Yep. I love the spike parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are they most of the episode? Uh, maybe half. They're a decent bit of like, it. The, 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 
yeah, the Spike flashbacks, all that stuff is great. It sort of feels, in a way, like a continuation of Fool Mm -hmm. for Love. Yeah. Because it's sort of dealing with some similar things, but then bringing in this whole, you know, mom issue. Well, there you go. It's a spiritual successor to not one, but two episodes. Bug Trubs and Fool for Love. (laughs) Yeah. Fool for (laughs) Bugs. Bugs for Love. (laughs) I very much liked half this episode, and everything that Buffy's doing, I am baffled by. Uh, Yeah. I don't know what to say about anything Buffy has done this episode, but the Spike stuff was cool, and now we don't have to worry about it anymore, because he worked through his issues. It's juxtaposed with the writers being very self-aware about some of the things that they've been doing, and then doing this shit with Buffy that, again, is always like... it's almost a joke, right? It's almost a joke almost. when everyone's talking yeah. about how dangerous Spike is and she's saying, no, he's fine, as he is hurting people. But it's not quite framed as a joke. And so I'm like, do they know? Is this an intentional thing that they're doing? I, I kind of feel like, you know, they have that whiteboard that they've got the important show information yeah. on. And right at the top, underlined, highlighted, whatever, is just... Buffy runs from her problems (laughs) and doesn't learn from them. Yeah. Because that's just been the case the entire time. Entire seven seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good times. All right. Yeah. Again, another good season seven episode. Yeah. Not one of the terrible ones. And even the terrible ones are honestly still enjoyable. This is rated pretty high, actually. Mm. Some of that might just be people really liking Spike, which, mm-hmm. hey, I can't blame them. And a largely shirtless P-Wood, who I probably yeah. look very similar to. Oh, that's the part you think you look similar to? Great. Is that too mean? I just, I match most of it, you know, right. his look. Yeah, his, his whole mystique. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. I think this is one, this is 44 out of uh, 144. Okay, yeah. That's pretty, it's pretty high. Uh, I guess Spike won this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He <laughs> He's would his own man. Didn't. He almost killed a person who didn't. has legitimate grievances against him. <laughs> oh, man. Uh... He would at one point is like, you killed my mother. And Spike's like, all right, I killed a lot of people's mothers. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, that doesn't make it better. And right. You're like, remember at the beginning of this season when you were so mad pistache because of all that mother killing you did? Right. And now you like. Put your coat back on and you're just fine. <laughs> Angel uh, ate rats for 80 years and you're just fine. The uh, mad pistacheness. Oh, <laughs> it's such a weird turn for it to go away as quickly as it did. Right? But like they only have one season and they're like, oh, Spike can't be crazy the whole time. That'd be... Yeah, but they've got five episodes of trash. Have That's one true. episode where he becomes less mad pistache. That's a good rhyme, first of all. <sighs> I enjoyed it. But yeah, Spike wins. Oh, outfit's tough. I mean, Anya, Ooh. right? I think it has to be. <laughs> like whenever, whenever an article of clothing just gives me such a visceral reaction. <laughs> like you see it and you go, ah! Like I, I, yeah, I made an audible noise of some kind. <laughs> and I just, you know, I've got the word what with like... How many, how many T's is that? I don't know. I don't know, like 40 T's? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it made an, an impact. It oh, affected me. <laughs> that it did. All right, Michaela, uh, you have told me that we don't have a Teeks review for this episode. Something that has clearly correct. gone very awry with the IMDb so. reviews. Like we've gone back to season five when it was 
I think every episode had yeah, Antiques Review. I think and so. Some of them are just bereft of all reviews. Yeah. So, so anyway, do you have a backup? I do. I do. Uh, I have gone to the episode Bad Eggs. Uh, the epi- <laughs> the one where the eggs are bad. <laughs> I mean, it's just called the one with the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my Which, backup guess was the one with the Gorch brothers. Yeah. Oh, you know, they're not mentioned, which is a travesty. <laughs> oh, oh, Teeks. I love this episode. It's so good. It's no! such an interesting concept. No! <laughs> in this episode, everyone in Buffy's health class gets an egg that they must take care of for an assignment on caring for infants. I think the assignment is basically telling them not to get pregnant. Everyone gets paired up, except for Buffy, who was late class, so she's a single mother. Everyone is caring for their eggs until something comes out of them and attaches to their brains and controls them. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone except for Buffy and Xander are being controlled by the egg monsters, and Buffy and Xander must save everyone, including Willow, Cordelia, Giles, and Buffy's mom from being controlled forever. What rating do you think Teeks gave this episode? A 9 out of 10? Overall, I give this episode a 10 out of 10. No! (laughs) (laughs) Why and how? One of six people found this review helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Why and how? Oh, man. 10 out of 10. Oh, wow. That's egregious. Yeah. Yes, it uh, is. <laughs> Michaela, what do we have coming up next time on Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Next time we have an episode I am very excited about. Oh. That's why I'm singing this excited song. Oh boy, I don't know what to tell you about this other than we're going to see two familiar faces. <laughs> if Faith doesn't fucking come back. What's it called? Dirty Girls. Okay. Yeah. If Faith doesn't fucking come back. So there's two familiar faces. Uh-huh. We'll see. Yeah. I will tell you that there is a new character being introduced. Oh. It's a spooky, spooky person. Maybe, oh. Maybe we're tired of just having the first being around and taunting everyone with words and the bringers are dumb. So yeah, we're introducing <laughs> a new spooky person. <laughs> what a time to introduce a new spooky so, person. Related to the first still. Yeah. We've but... got... Four episodes left, Michaela. Mm, do we only have four? No, we have five. I'm sorry. We have five <laughs> entire episodes left. Yep. My mistake. <laughs> so, listen, it's exciting. You should be excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. <sighs> it sounds great. Okay, you have previously told me on the pod that there's like one episode in the last couple that you're really excited for. Was that Storyteller? Or it's this one. I did. I was excited for Storyteller, but I I like this episode better than Storyteller. Or I remember liking it better. We'll see, man. Who knows what I remember. All right. Well, that sounds great. Uh, yeah, until then, our listeners can reach out to us via email, beyondthenew.hellmouth.gmail.com. This episode will be up on the Reddit, that's buffy.reddit.com. Our pictures are up on Facebook, search Welcome to the Hellmouth. And if you want to reach out to us personally, you can do so on D-Pad D. So it's D-Pad with a total of three Ds. One's on the end. Two <laughs> okay. are on the end. Yep, yeah, two. <laughs> a, a social network for gamers. I'm on there at David Gate. Michaela? I'm on there at King D-Pad DD. 
Very nice. Make sure to hashtag all of your lost memes. Welcome to the Hellmouth, so we know you came from the show. And until next time, farewell, farewell from the, the Hellmouth. 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 Hellmouth.